0: In reality television, the people are represented by two separate but equally obsessed attorneys. This is their podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Ceci. And I'm Angela. And this is the Bravo Docket.
3: So today on the Bravo Docket, we're going to get into part one of the Tom and Erica Girardi case. And yes, this is part one. This is going to be a multi-part series. There's just a lot of stuff to cover. It's complicated. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different lawsuits going on. There's the divorce. There is the lawsuits against Tom. There is all the previous lawsuits that Tom was eventually or apparently sued for doing these types of sketchy things with clients'
1: settlement money. So, Ceci, do you want to give a little background on Tom and Erica? Yeah. So, according to People, they met in the 90s when she was a cocktail waitress at a restaurant called Chasen's in Los Angeles, California. At the time she was 27, she was newly divorced, a single mother to her son, Thomas. After visiting the restaurant many times, they developed a friendship, and Tom decided to ask Erica out on a date. The couple connected about their past, as they both grew up with very little and had to work hard for a buck. Just a few months later, Erica and her son moved in with Tom. Six months after that, he proposed, and the couple married in 1999— at the same restaurant where they met, which is actually very cute. So what's their
3: age difference exactly? I didn't do math. Like, So she met him when she was 27. How old was he when they met?
1: I don't know. How old is he now? I'm just going to Google age difference between Tom and 33 years. They're 33 years different. 33
3: years. I mean, I once dated a guy that was 10 years older than me, and that was actually a pretty big age difference. I mean, I was in law school at the time. It was. It was still like a big age of thirty three years. That's
1: like thirty three years is older than me. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you for making <laughs> me feel super old. <laughs> not to make you feel super old, but that's more than my lifetime.
3: So like an entire, more than an entire sassy lifetime. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like I'm not judging the age
3: difference at all. I'm just saying like. From my experience, it's like hard because you don't have like shared experiences. Like you didn't grow up listening to the same types of music. You didn't grow up with even the same
1: technology. (laughs) No. I mean, it says that they had the shared life growing up experience. I don't really know how Tom grew up. We kinda know a little bit from the show about how Erica grew up in Georgia. Yeah, we really don't know
3: very much about Tom Mm -mm. from watching the show. I mean, he was he kept things pretty close to the chest. I was listening to the Juicy Scoop podcast and I thought that was really interesting because the guest on there had actually worked for Tom and was talking about what it was like working with him and how everyone just really respected him and knew him and how he could go anywhere and get a table or he just knew everybody. He could literally she said he could literally like just call the mayor up on the phone, like, the mayor of California, and just be like, hey, I need a favor, whatever. Or the governor of California. Well, my brain is so tired. (laughs) I am, okay, people listening, it is uh, 10 o'clock at night here in Texas, and Ceci and I have normal lawyer jobs, which means that we work (laughs) all day doing law stuff, and then by the end of the day, our brains are tired. (laughs) The
1: mayor of California,
3: like, Mayor McCheese. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He does like to like flaunt his wealth and his connections. But uh, we could talk about this more, but I think that's he likes that. He likes that he's able to do that. And I think that's what he promised Erica. And I think she saw that too. And that's probably why, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why she was attracted to him. It's like, ooh, he knows so-and-so people and can get me it's so-and-so places. And that's kind of like cool. That's very like magnetic magnetic but i will say too yeah. these older trial
3: attorneys like these old warhorse trial attorneys they are very compelling there's a reason why they can stand in front of a jury and mm-hmm. win over and over again so they have that almost like politician charm where they just have that thing mm-hmm. that they can talk and people just want to be friends with them and want to hear what they have to say and it's pretty obvious tom has that
1: yeah yeah. So they, uh, excuse me, Erica then files for divorce November 2020. I think notably it was actually on election day. I think she was trying to hide it. I don't know if you remember, but she, she filed for divorce on election day. I did not realize day. that. I was so... <laughs> I was, I, like everyone else, was distracted with the election. With the election, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so they were married for 21 years at the time. She filed in divorce. And then that's kind of around the time when there's mounting debts and allegations of financial misdeeds. Yeah, I think the first petition against Tom that was widely
3: distributed came out about almost exactly a month after she filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think that
1: someone gave her a heads up, right?
3: Well, I mean, okay, so if I was going to name someone in a complaint... hmm which I have many times in in private practice, you almost always start with a demand letter. You send a Mm -hmm. scary attorney letter that says, I have all this evidence against you. You pay me X amount of dollars now so you can avoid this lawsuit. If we take it to court, we're going to go all the way, blah, blah, blah. And here's all the laws that you broke. And here's all the money that you owe us or whatever. And that's just that that's a demand letter. Yeah. Um, And that does typically go out before because... Obviously, if you can get a lawsuit settled without having to go through actual court, that is usually better for everybody. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if she got that demand letter saying, we're going to name you in this complaint, this federal complaint. And we're going to say that you knew that your husband was stealing this money and that you were involved with it. And we're going to name EJ Global, which is your company, and blah, 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 if you and Tom don't pay us this money. And they would have made sure that the letter went to her and the letter went to Tom and the other companies that were being sued, which I believe were the litigation lending companies. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Erica, maybe maybe Erica didn't know. It's possible she didn't know. And then she got that letter and took it to, and Erica, I would say is not dumb. I would say she's not Lisa Vanderpump smart, <laughs> but I don't think she's dumb at all. Yeah. And so and this is just me speculating that she got that letter saying, we're going to file this lawsuit. She took it to Tom and been like, What the hell is this? Tom didn't have a good answer for her. And then she filed for divorce. I don't know. But the timing is
1: suspicious. Well, the other side of it is that she went to Tom knowing that it was coming or knowing that he was... We have differing opinions. (laughs) Knowing that – knowing it was coming, knowing that she was involved, and she was like, how do I protect myself? And he was like, it's time for you to file for a divorce.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly, if they – Tom was trying to protect assets, I think he would have had Erica file for divorce, like – a long time ago mm-hmm. and moved everything over to her. So that way, but like all of his stuff is so like his house, everything, like there's all of his properties, the airplanes, they both have all of it. It has multiple liens against it. Yeah. So there isn't any, and this has been going on for so long that it allegedly that there isn't anything probably that she could have, she could get in her own name. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: but maybe they thought it wasn't coming yet. Because I think someone, maybe it might have been the Juicy Scoop podcast, said that this wouldn't have come about had it not been for coronavirus.
3: I think, okay, I listened to that. And here's what yeah. I thought she meant by that, which was all of the courts stopped. So like, Susie so and I are attorneys, we have court hearings over Zoom. If you want to watch boring court hearings, you can pull them up on YouTube if you go to the
1: court's website. Have you seen the really funny one that's been going around recently?
3: Oh my god! Oh my god! The cat! <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I was. I. I was like rolling on the floor laughing about that. Every today. time I, I
1: open it, I just start cracking w- up.
3: I watched it like five times, yeah. and
1: I can't stop. Every watching time it. I just like I bust out laughing. But for people that haven't seen it, it's it's where they're holding a court <laughs> conference. It's like being recorded. It's public, and the guy's laptop has a filter of a cat on it, and so he's speaking formally to the court with a cat filter, and the judge <laughs> is like. Cat. You realize that there's a filter, and he's like, Yes, yes, Your Honor, I realize there's a filter. And you could just see the panic in his little cat eyes. He's like, Oh my My God. My favorite part
3: is he's like, assures the court that he's not a cat, and then he says she's ready to proceed. I
1: know, like, he was ready to like keep going as a cat, which is so funny. Uh, But yeah, anyway, but yeah, we are doing everything virtually right now. But the point is, for a while, all the courts shut down,
3: which. I think that what she meant was this is like a Ponzi scheme, basically. And so she had to constantly having settlement money coming in. And with that, with the court shutting down for so long,
1: there wasn't additional money coming in. Right. I agree with that. And I think she's right. But what I mean is like Tom knew it was coming, too. Like Tom realized that yeah. it was running out too, and probably was like Erica's time. I don't know.
3: I don't think anybody had a plan. Yeah, I really well, don't. We, yeah, like listen, yeah. listening to his statements to the federal court where he just admitted, I don't know
1: where the money is. I don't have it. Yeah. Like that is not a man with a plan. No, <laughs> right, right, right. He, I don't think he had a plan with the money. I think he had a plan that when shit hit the fan, that Erica was to let him go.
3: Okay, so this complaint, the one that broke all the news essentially, was filed by and on behalf of this law firm called Edelson, which acted as local counsel for girardi Keyson lawsuits stemming from the 2018 Lion Air crash. Edelson said it became aware in the summer and fall of 2020 again, during the coronavirus, that in a series of conversations with Tom and other lawyers in a firm that Girardi had not made full payments to clients whose cases Boeing had agreed to settle, even though Boeing had allegedly transferred settlement funds to Girardi. That statement right there, like if you're a local counsel on things, I mean, I've worked with other attorneys and gotten settlements. I've gotten settlements on my own. I remember the first six figure settlement I got from my clients after I started my own law firm. And I was like, I was like, so I got that check for six figures. And it had my name on it. Like, well, my law firm's name on it that I started and then my clients names. And I was so excited. Like I took a picture of it and like, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, so excited. I was like, I did this. Yeah. And then I was like, so excited to give my clients the money. Mm-hmm. Like they were kids. Like that was like a life changing amount of money. They could pay off their car, pay off their student loans, you know, pay off their credit card bills. It was a life changing amount of money for them. Yeah. Out of 33% of that was enough. You know, I right. didn't, need or expect more. And I was exci- I was so excited to give them the money. In cases that I've handled, and again, I don't do this anymore. I don't do playoff's work anymore. But cases that I've handled where I got seven figure settlements, the money was usually wired. And it was wired directly into a trust account. And then the money is dispersed to the clients with a piece of paper, like a letter that says, okay, this is the amount we had for expenses here's the full settlement amount we got. Here's the amount minus the expenses. And the expenses are what the attorney paid out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Because when you have a contingency fee case, the clients don't pay anything. You pay for everything. So you pay to get medical records, you pay for depositions that have to be taken, you pay for filing fees, the attorney has to front all of that money. So the expenses come out first, but you have to give the client a full accounting of that. And then After the expenses come out, there's a complete breakdown of, like, here's the percentage, and here's the attorney's percent, which is usually 33 and a third, and then here's what you get. That's how it works. And like I said... In my experience, six figures and under, it's usually a check. Mm -hmm. If it's over a million dollars, it's usually wired. Mm -hmm. These amounts were huge. And so they would have been wired into what should
1: have been Girardi's trust account. So Ceci, like, do you remember from law school what they talked about a trust account is? I mean, not exactly, but I just remember that it was like, it's not yours. (laughs) You're not supposed to touch it. (laughs) That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. This is essentially like (laughs) not your money. It's basic accounting that you don't touch it. And, like, I learned that and I was like, well, I'll never touch it because I'll just never be working with the money, <laughs> you know? Like, I went to law school. I'm not working yeah. with money. What are you talking about? But I guess it makes <laughs> sense, you know, for people that have their own firms like Tom. So when I had my own law firm, I, I remember from law school, like, they were very clear. It was
3: literally like the federal judge said in the Girardi case, this is law school 101. You do not co client funds that is the fastest way to get disbarred to lose your license and look man I worked two jobs I was like nobody in my family went to college like in my like my parents didn't go to college my parents certainly didn't go to law school mm-hmm. they did not have a graduate education like I worked two jobs I paid for law school myself and I was like there is no way I'm making like a dumb mistake and accidentally commingling funds and getting my license revoked I need to be able to pay my student loans and pay my bills right and so when I started my own firm, I was so nervous about co-mingling funds, like even on accident, that I had our trust account in a totally separate bank, not just a different <laughs> bank account. It was like a different bank, yeah. like a totally different bank. Yeah. like So I had two banks. So when we would get settlement money, the settlement money would either be wired or to the bank with a trust account or written in a check, and I would take that and deposit in the trust account. And it usually takes, depending on how big the amount is and whether it was wired or whether it was a check, between like three to 10 days for the money to clear. Mm -hmm. And then once the money clears, that's when you disperse the funds. But you do not pay yourself until you pay the client. It's just not a thing that you
1: did or ever thought of doing. Right. Right. I mean... I kind of want to take a step back and like explain that it is attorneys that are managing this stuff not to give tom a pass for what he's done but it's like we go to law school and we don't get accounting training you don't get training on how to like manage the money but it's 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 under your responsibility in that situation we wear a lot of hats but it's not that hard though but yeah you just don't take your client's money you don't commingle your funds with your client's
3: funds you don't spend the client's money and be like oh i'll pay it back that part is pretty simple
1: yeah 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 that all sounds managing simple. your business and all and all that stuff is not and they do not teach you that. right right i think that's more what i'm getting at it's like we wear a lot of hats and most of them were not taught to us in law school so like tom is wearing a lot of hats and he's failing allegedly badly at one of them, I'm not trying to be sympathetic. It's just anytime I even think about managing money or touching money, I freak out because it's not something I have to do at a law firm like we don't someone else deals yeah. with that that's not that's not on me. Um, you're right. It is basic law 101. Even I know that. And (laughs) I was like, I'm never gonna have to touch money. So
3: we have to have ethics training every year as attorneys. And that's one of the things they repeat to you over and over again. It's like, don't commingle funds. Like, I don't have to I don't have to worry about it now, which is great, because I work for the government. So yeah, that's not an issue for me. But I did do it for years. And I was very careful to the point of having two totally separate banks for the different accounts. I'm like, I didn't even want the bank
1: making a mistake. No, that's smart. You know, like, I just didn't. I guess, do we know what Tom did with it? He just put it in his own account? It's uh, So it's
3: really unclear yet at this point because there hasn't been an accounting. So Tom has had to file for bankruptcy now, which is a whole other thing that'll be in part... 45 of the Girardi (laughs) series. But there will be a full accounting. uh, Because in bankruptcy, you have to say where all your accounts are. You have to have records of them. One of the things that I thought was extra fascinating about this case is that Tom was the only one managing the money in his firm, which I think had up to like 45 lawyers at one time. Maybe that's more. Maybe it's only 20 or 30. He had dozens of lawyers Mm -hmm. at one point working for him, and millions 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 of dollars coming in. And he was the only one that did the accounting. He was the only one that handled the banking. And apparently, it's all in paper. He was sitting there... that's what I'm saying. Mr. It... was sitting there with a piece of paper, writing everything down himself. Okay, somebody told me this a long time ago, and it... I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly who it was. But I had hired an expert on a case, and... It may have been this, – this dude had worked for the FBI and had done, like, a whole bunch of other stuff. And he told me, if you interact with a business or a company and they have one person that does the accounting for that, and it's only that person. And that person never takes a vacation and nobody else even knows how to get into the books. He's like, there's embezzlement. Yeah. They're doing something shady. And he's like, that's the biggest sign. He's like, first of all, this, no one wants to just do that every day unless they have to. Right. It's not fun. And there's no reason for only one person to have access to books. But by all accounts that I have read in this, Tom is the only one that handled the accounting. And he did it in paper. And he's the only one that had access to, like, all the accounts. And so he's the only one that could stand up there and tell the federal judge where all the money went.
1: And he doesn't and he know. he couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> which is God. the other thing.
3: What do you think of Tom's... Uh, where he wants to be in his, a conservatorship? Yeah. His basically loss, his loss of mental capacity...
1: Which the judge denied, by the way. uh. Um, just, claim. I mean, he has nothing else. I, I don't know. I feel like he's just throwing the every defense he can think of. But do you think he's pretending to, like, not be able, I mean, in the divorce No, the voice I don't think he's like, pretending. I, I, don't th- I don't think he's mentally incapacitated. I think he probably legitimately doesn't know what happened to the money, where specific money went. Because it's a, this huge spiraling scheme. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, like he can't pinpoint and be like, this settlement went directly here. I think that's what's going on. What do you think?
3: So there's like a famous Italian mobster that pretended to have in- <laughs> to be insane. I think it was Vincent Gigante, and he pretended to be insane. Um, they actually based to like avoid mm-hmm. like culpability. There's actually a whole, like, storyline in The Sopranos that they based off of him. I'm not saying
1: Tom's doing that. I'm just saying there are people that have done it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I really think he's just grasping at any defense he can get.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods,
3: Hey, I mean, he just may not know where the money went. No,
1: I, like, yeah. He, no, I think it's like just such a big scheme he doesn't he doesn't know where specific funds of money went, which I'm not going to say, "Oh, that's fair," but, you know, that's fair. I get it. Because he, it was supposed to be kept separate, but he didn't. He mingled it. So, like, can you remember where your last paycheck went? Like, directly what purchase it went to fund? Uh, Amazon. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, some people, yes, do know exactly where their paycheck goes. and I own a horse, so I know exactly where it goes. No, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like I know, I know. Those dollars, where did they go? (laughs) He can't say because he doesn't know because they all got mushed together. So I think that's what's going on.
3: I think we're going to, like, again, in part 4 million or whatever of this Girardi series go into more of this. But it does seem pretty clear that he was – using, like he'd get a big settlement amount. yeah, It would go into the trust account. At some point, instead of dispersing it to his clients, he would use it to pay something else, either another loan that he had taken out or whatever. And it's not uncommon for these guys to take out a ton of loans. Again, when I had my own firm, I had all of these I thought of as predatory lending agencies, like constantly being like, oh, do you need money for a case? Because a lot of the settlements are on record. And so they were, I don't know how they looked it up, but they were able to look up and see that like I had gotten big settlements. And so they're like, oh, we'll fund you for your next case. We'll do this. We'll do this. And it's like this interest rate. And they're always really high interest rates. But then if you don't win your next case, you have to like pay that off Mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. And so I think it sounds like Tom was doing that. And so he'd get a big settlement amount, think that he could just make another one, Spend it and be like, well, I'll pay the clients with the next one I get. Almost like a Ponzi scheme going over and over and over again. Right. It's just the fact that this happened for so long is what's truly egregious. The Law 360 put out an article and they listed all of the past transgressions, like the times that clients had tried to sue him saying they didn't get paid. And the list is so long, which somebody, it, like the California ethics board, the California attorney professionalism, they knew, I mean, they had people, they had to know, like, he's being sued for this. Mm-hmm. He's being sued for this over and over and over again. He was just walking around, like, with a sea of red flags and something should have been done before this. Everybody failed these, like California failed these people. Right. They did. Right. Judges had to know these lending firms that lent him money and let, like, and he was using his house as collateral for, and they weren't recording at the UCC. Like, they weren't recording it as Like, there's so many things that should have happened to prevent this. And you and I were talking earlier the, he, the fact that he got called out so far from his home turf mm-hmm. in Chicago. It was a Chicago judge. They called him out.
1: Yeah. He practices primarily in California. And this was filed in Chicago, right? Yeah. And that's how it got the attention it deserves.
3: So one thing, too, that I think makes it more complicated is the cases Tom was handling were these big multi-district litigation cases with 40, 50, sometimes over 100 plaintiffs. And so when the court approves one of those settlements, each person is supposed to get like a set amount. But this large chunk of money gets paid out in one big lump sum. And I, there's a lot of different rules for how those types of mass settlements are supposed to be paid out, which I think allowed Girardi to get away with it longer. Mm-hmm. Because it was, so if you've got some clients saying, well, I don't have my money yet, then it might be because they haven't finished the accounting because they have to go through and do all of the expenses. They have to make sure that they pay the local council. They have to do all of this stuff. I also think it's interesting that when local counsel didn't get paid, like another attorney didn't get paid that's witness showed up like (laughs) she was like oh you're not gonna pay me i'm gonna tell this federal judge in chicago you have to pay me where's my money so i just want people to know that you have a personal injury claim like let's say you get in a car accident i know most of the time people think of the attorneys that do that are the ones that are like on the really terrible tv commercials and there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. but we're not all like and again i don't do this anymore but we're not all like that I always felt the fact that a client would come to me, I'm like a nobody from nowhere, and they chose me to solve that problem for Mm -hmm. them. And I always felt so humbled and then I was so excited to give them their settlement check. Like or, you know, their jury verdict or whatever it was. And I there are a lot of attorneys like that that are really excited to get you that money. Do you want to talk about how you think Erica's involved? Here's my thing. I everybody is like really quick to be like, Oh, Erica's evil she knew and she she was stealing money from widows and orphans and children and that have been burned and injured and and yeah i (laughs) yeah i know people are really quick to point the finger at her all i'm saying is i don't think that that's totally fair if the attorneys in tom's firm didn't know for sure that he was doing this, if the judges didn't know for sure that he was doing this, if the uh, lenders that were lending him money for didn't know for sure that he was doing this, then why should Erica know? Literally, all Erica cares about is herself. She is not paying attention to what Tom is doing as long as the money is coming in. Like, she's not. Like, and she was, again, she was also very always respectful of him on the show. Afraid. I think mean, she was
1: afraid of him.
3: I think she's afraid? Yeah. Well, and Yeah. Like, he's smarter than her. He's 33 years older than her. He has all the money, um, she thought. And so she has to be respectful of him. She's not challenging him, like, reading his court cases, being like, well, why – where did all this money go? Like, why are they suing you for not paying? You know, she's just like, yeah. oh, they're being mean to my
1: man because he's so successful. Like, yeah, it's so I guess you, you're you saying that she knew the money was coming in through him, but you don't think that she knew where it was coming from.
3: I don't think there's any evidence right now that we could point out that says Erica knew for sure that Tom was embezzling his client settlement money. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any evidence out there right now. I guess my point is, if Tom was able to hide this from the attorneys in his firm, from judges, from the companies that were lending him money for so long and was even able to defeat lawsuits, like old lawsuits where we have on our website from the Law 360 article yeah. where he got sued and like then he turned around and sued them for libel and slander like, like for saying that he was stealing it. So if Tom was able to do that for all these other people, then why why would Erica know? She's out there like patting her puss <laughs> and... Yeah. Writing lyrics to songs and learning dance moves. And all she cares about is, where's my check? Is my money coming in? It's expensive to be me. Right. Like, she doesn't care that much. And she's not sitting around reading legal documents, trying to trace basically the Da Vinci Code to figure out where this
1: went. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think her behavior now that she does know is unfortunate. It's a mess. Something (laughs) is a mess. Yeah, I don't want to say it's incorrect, but it's definitely off-putting. I mean, I would—I don't—I would be so horrified. I wouldn't say it's like anything. In- I would just get off social media. Not even post anything. I mean, not delete it because people read into that. I would just leave it. Just the first thing I would do because I wouldn't want to go to jail, and I have done
3: federal criminal defense before. Is I would I the first thing I would do is I would go to the U.S. Attorney's office and be like, I will help you find everything. Like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I, I will yeah. help. I will help you. I will. I will sing like a canary. Oh, I will yeah. help you find everything. I don't like. I am appalled that any of this happened. Like maybe I, she and, is. I would be Do we know? That's the thing. We don't know. She could be. And maybe like know. this,
1: all her posts of her booty are just a distraction.
3: Yes, it, that we don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying, if it was me and I
1: found out, I would be going there first thing. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I just meant on on my Instagram. <laughs> on your attorneys'
3: office door. Yeah, being
1: like. You want to
3: know something? You want to, I'll tell you something. <laughs> yeah. You want to come to the house? Like, what do you want to know? I'll tell you. Anything. Right. No, 100%. Think about it though. You're 50. You haven't saved any money because you think your husband is this rich guy and you think he's going to die soon and give you like all this money. And you think you're going to inherit all this money and you're going to be fine with your big old house in Pasadena. But so you're 50 years old. You haven't saved any money. You think your husband's got everything taken care of. And you're spending your real housewives money on your glam squad and whatever else. And so you have nothing. You find out your husband has nothing. You have nothing. And you find out you can't get anything because it's all owed to victims of these horrible incidents that your husband stole from. The only way she has left to generate money is to do what she's doing on Instagram.
1: These Fenty posts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
3: I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying like, She's got like she doesn't have a four hundred one k. No, I mean I don't know. Maybe she does, but I just don't. If Tom was doing this, I don't think Tom was putting money in her four right. I k. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to believe about Erica. I'm not
1: saying Erica's a good person yeah.
3: or a nice person. I'm just saying she probably. Didn't I don't know. know.
1: You can. I don't know. I guess most people don't. I guess I don't know how much a lawyer like Tom makes in class action contingency situations. I know, I think, how much our partners make, I think. I think most states have a rule about how much you're allowed to take. I don't know. It's funny because I always see people on on Reddit guessing how much Coach Shaw makes because he used to be an attorney. So people are always like speculating that he has all this money because he can afford the Shaw chalet or whatever, even though it's rented. I just don't think people realize how much attorneys make It's a lot, but it's not that much. It's not $30,000 a month on Glam Squad money. So Tom was
3: making a lot of money, though. Like, Tom was exceptional. That's the thing. Tom was exceptional. From the public records of what the settlements that he did get, I mean... He's been, he's been exceptional for a long time. His first case, the one that got a notoriety, he was the first one to get a medical malpractice judgment for over a million dollars. And that was what actually got him, because that was a big headline in California when that yeah,
1: happened. I know he's making a lot. I don't think it's enough for a $30,000 glam squad in Versace off the <sighs> runway. I really don't. Even Lisa Vanderpump didn't travel with a glam squad and she has legit money.
3: Candy yeah. Burris doesn't yeah. do that. And exactly. Candy has legit money.
1: So I'm just saying, how could Erica think that like I just a logical person maybe would know something's up?
3: I mean, that's a good point. But how are you going to use logical person and real housewife? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a logical person would know. A logical person wouldn't be a real housewife because uh,
1: they would be bored. She probably just didn't care. There's no incentive to figure out that it doesn't make no, sense. No, that's the other thing. Yeah. Right.
3: There's no incentive for her to sit around and like do accounting and try to figure out like how this is working. Like she's just like, you know, money, please. And that's it. Right.
1: Right. This is going to be a fun
3: one to get into. Seriously, we're going to have so many parts about this, and we hope you enjoyed this one. I am really excited for Sissy's real estate episode. I want to know who stole Kim's goddamn house <laughs> and what Mauricio is up to.
1: Yeah. Also, oh, wait, aren't, aren't you doing uh Yeah, my next one I want to get into Dorit. is Dorit and PK. I want to focus on one of their lawsuits. They have a lot. I think I want to maybe do the Beverly Beach because that was the latest one. Yeah. Um, her swimsuit. Yeah, they may
3: not talk about it, but we're going to mention it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye.
2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Bravo Docket is part of the
1: ACAST Creator Network.